0: Thanks for tuning in to the Outcomes Rocket podcast, where we chat with today's most successful and inspiring health leaders. Hey, I want to personally invite you to our first inaugural healthcare think It's a conference that the Outcomes Rocket and the IU Center for Health, Innovation, and Implementation Sciences has teamed up on. We're going to put together silo-crushing practices just like we do here on the podcast, except it's going to be live with inspiring keynotes and panelists to set the tone. We're conducting a meeting where you could be part of drafting the blueprint for the future of healthcare. That's right. You could be a founding member of this group of talented industry and practitioner leaders. Join me and 200 other inspiring health leaders for the first inaugural healthcare thinkathon. It's an event that you're not going to want to miss. And since there's only 200 tickets available, you're going to want to act soon. So, how do you learn more? Just go to outcomesrocket.health/conference. For more details on how to attend, that's outcomesrocket.health/conference and you'll be able to get all the info that you need on this amazing healthcare thinkathon. That's outcomesrocket.health/conference. Welcome back once again to the Outcomes Rocket Podcast, where we chat with today's most successful, inspiring health leaders. I welcome you to go to outcomesrocket.health reviews, where you could rate and review today's outstanding guest, because he is an amazing contributor to healthcare. His name is Brian McEathrin. He's the vice president and general manager at GE Ultrasound, a division that's part of GE Clinical health systems. With over 20 years in healthcare, Brian has navigated through the various healthcare economies and policy cycles and has come up with success in improving patient outcomes, new product innovation, and excellent business results, something that's hard to do over this span of time. And so because of that, and because of all the things that he's done and the person that he is, I wanted to give him a warm welcome on the podcast. Brian, welcome. Hey, thanks so much, Saul. It's a privilege to be here. It is a pleasure to have you on, Brian. And so I I always like to kick off the podcast with asking why healthcare? Why did you decide to get in?
1: I was always kind of an engineer at heart and obviously went to school as an engineer. And as I was graduating, there was all these opportunities in the defense industry at that point of time. And I had a lot of opportunities to join the defense industry. And then this opportunity came up to go into GE Healthcare. And I tell you what, I was just doing cartwheels. There was something in my soul that said, this is what you need to do and, and be part of and a purpose for your life. And I was doing, uh, just skipping down the road, and I thought, this is it. And I felt that way ever since.
0: Wow, that's amazing. I mean, truly lucky to feel that way from the beginning.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think healthcare gets into your soul, and when you see the impact it has on people's lives, not just here and in, with your family, but people all over the world and in different countries and different spaces, and how you can make a difference together with a big team, it's really something that's impactful.
0: I totally agree, Brian. And you know, what you guys have done there, the legacy and the team there, the leadership team and your business unit, you guys are definitely known for your innovation, your growth, improving outcomes. Out of all the things that you guys cover, what would you say one hot topic that needs to be on every medical leader's agenda today? And how are you guys addressing it?
1: Yeah, you know, being part of GE, you naturally become a a fan of Thomas, Edison. And when you read the things that Thomas Edison did, one of the things that he always said was, find out what the world needs and then go ahead and try to invent it. So I think about what does the world need now in terms of healthcare? And I think simply put, it's access to high quality, safe, and affordable healthcare. And this is what the world of ultrasound that I'm involved with is all about because it's high quality, it's affordable, it's accessible. You can take it to every country, and it's basically a superpower that allows clinicians to look inside the body anytime, anywhere a patient is. And now, due to technology advances, it's basically shrunken down to the size of an iPhone, and you can carry it just about anywhere in the world and provide healthcare to people that never had it before. The other thing I think about is a second quote from uh, Thomas Edison that uh, he said over a hundred years ago. And he said, the doctor of the future will give no medicine, but will instruct his patients in the care of the human frame, in their diet, and the cause and prevention of disease. So he's talking about the real advance in healthcare next will be wellness of an individual before they need a doctor. And now hundred years later, we're seeing that become more and more into the mainstream as personalized healthcare devices and the of things allow us to monitor ourselves, understand where we need to go and how to improve ourselves before we ever need a doctor. Those are the kinds of things that I think are really interesting in the world today, access and personalized healthcare.
0: Brian, I think you hit some really great hot topics. Uh, and one of the things, common denominators, listeners, all great leaders understand and know that they stand on the shoulders of those before them. And just like Brian walked us through some of these inspirational things that Mr. Edison said, he was way before, way ahead of his time. We too need to stop and think. We're not here by ourselves, right? We're here because of what those before us did and this is just a great share that that you gave us uh, here, Brian, so thank you for that reminder. Can you give uh, the listeners an example of how your organization has created results, improved outcomes by thinking and doing things differently?
1: Yeah, absolutely. My most favorite recent topic is in the world of breast cancer, and for the last 40 oh. years, there's really only been two ways to detect breast cancer for the most part. One of them is self-breast exam, and the other one is traditionally been you go with under a mammography machine, with, which is an x-ray-based technology. And both these techniques really have challenges in the world that we can greatly approve on. And so we've been spearheading a development to use ultrasound to detect breast cancer and do that screening worldwide. And now we have the potential of delivering very high-quality, safe, and affordable breast cancer screening for women, not just in the most developed countries, but for women in every country around the world. And this has really been something that we've been driving recently. And when I look back over the, the trajectory of how this has developed, there's really been a couple of obstacles to doing this. The first was to try to what I call build a better mousetrap. And in our case, it was changing this paradigm that you had to use x-ray technology instead of ultrasound. And so it really took about 15 years of trying different ultrasound techniques, wow. starting, failing, pivoting, but ultimately sticking to the mission over a 15-year period of time to develop something that could be used, which is really hard in the world of looking for three to five-year paybacks. Yes. Sometimes you just can't get that and you have to persevere longer. And and that was very important to me in terms of understanding how long you have to persist in this space. The second thing I learned about this was once you have a better mousetrap, you're only a third of the way there. And I think this is where a lot of uh, startup companies get stuck. They believe that inventing something better will change the world, but that's where the mission begins because the second issue is how to convince the world that this is a better mousetrap. So doing massive clinical trials to prove the clinical evidence that need, is needed, proving to the regulatory agencies in every country, doing mass marketing to educate the physicians that are involved, whether in this case, are radiologists, breast surgeons, OBGYNs, internal medicine people, primary care people, along with all the different societies that have to be convinced of something like this. It's a massive undertaking that People don't take into account when they do startup companies and don't have that infrastructure to do something like that. And then the third most difficult thing is extending your reach into the world, setting up logistics, service, training, marketing, getting regulatory approvals in every country. This is the type of thing that you really have to carry through to make sure that that mousetrap can really impact the world. So it's not just about building the thing in the first place, it's extending it into the world, educating people, developing evidence. That's the other two thirds of the work that I've really learned really makes a difference in the successful endeavors versus the ones that don't succeed.
0: Brian, super insightful and I feel like it's very impressive that a division like yours in a large company like GE has the innovative staying power with like you said, you know, three to five year payback expectations. You guys held strong for fifteen years. What is it that drives that? I mean, that's that's pretty impressive that you guys have that type of innovation culture. What is it that accounts for that?
1: Yeah, you know, I think at the bottom of it is a, a firm belief that what you can do will ultimately make a difference. You know, there's enough fundamental evidence that you can change things knowing that you're going to have to go through all these obstacles. But at the end of that run, you can significantly change the world and improve lives in the truly important moments of people's lives. And ultimately, that will win out. I think it's hard. It's hard in a bigger organization like GE and, and many others too, that you know, a lot of people have a lot of good ideas and you have to balance short-term versus long-term payouts. And I think at the end of it, the day, it takes people with a lot of passion and purpose to kind of run the gauntlet of internal organizations to make sure that that can happen over a long period of time.
0: That's a great share. How about uh, you know, your success has been very awesome. I I saw you guys had about a year ago the the pocket ultrasound, increasing that access to ultrasound across the globe. Take us through some of the stumbling areas. Talk to us about a setback that you've had and what you learned from that.
1: Oh boy, that's a tough one. It's always (laughs) tough to admit where you failed, but maybe we phrase it as where I've learned a good lesson. How about that? Let's do it. Let's take that (laughs) back. Tell us about a good lesson. Yeah, so I'll take you back to the the breast cancer situation in terms of the early understanding that this can make a huge difference actually happened about 20 years ago. And, And we knew in the late 90s that ultrasound could do a significantly better job than some of the technologies out there in detecting breast cancer. And we would start a project and start running with it. But ultimately, we ended up scrapping a lot of the early missions. And the reason for that is because even though the fundamental idea was good, the underlining trajectory of where the technology was evolving to, we were too early in that curve. So understanding where the ideas and the technologies that support that idea are going to intersect in time and how far ahead of that you want to start development is ultimately a lesson that I learned that if you start too early and the underlying technology available in the world today won't be available for another 10 or 15 years, you can waste a lot of time and go down a lot of blind alleys. So, you know, that was to me a fundamental understanding of mapping out the trajectory of the technology curves and making sure that you hit them at the right point in time.
0: Brian, such a great point. And a lot of folks trying to innovate within big companies and also entrepreneurs can oftentimes be blindsided by the love of their idea. (laughs) What advice would you give them to within the context of the timing thing that you just shared? What advice would you give them? Well, first of all, never want
1: to suppress that, that love or passion people have for the idea, because at the heart of that, I think that's what drives the innovation. I think The underlying understanding, though, is a lot of times those people that are so passionate about our ideas become blindsided about the practicalities of the technology or the market creation, the evidence creation, the reaching into the world and all that aspects of it. So even though you need that initial kind of love of your idea and a passion to make a difference, at some point in time, you have to either put people around you or put different mechanisms to realize that idea because a great idea that ultimately goes nowhere really hasn't made an impact in the world. So that core seed of loving your idea is great, but at some point in time, you have to take that forward and really understand that the idea is maybe a third of the mission and the other two thirds of the mission is really making it, have a difference in the world and all the things that it takes to enable that.
0: Awesome. I love that. Make sure you get your impact out there, folks, because your idea is not everything. It is the seed, like Brian said, but it is definitely has to be accompanied by the structures and the people to help you get there. Brian, what would you say one of your proudest medical leadership moments to date that you've experienced?
1: Right now, we've got a privilege of, uh, since we've got a massive installed base of ultrasound systems, we effectively care for about 1 million patients each and every day, somewhere in every country around the world. And I think about in terms of, let's say, even 1% of those cases directly had a critical impact, the diagnostic decision or guided a life-saving procedure. That is Ten thousand lives each and every day that we've made a huge huge difference in each and every day, and that's somebody's spouse, you know their brother, their child, their grandparent that to me is a really, really big deal, and that's why we do what we do, and you know frankly, it's a privilege to be part of of something that can impact that many lives.
0: It's a great reason to get up every day, isn't it? absolutely
1: is, yeah. It keeps driving you forward and and wanting you to become better because once you start seeing the impact of what you can do and then understanding the potential of what still needs to be done, it just wants you to, to do better for the world.
0: Yeah, Brian, I think it's really cool that you took the time to think through the number of patients impacted. And for the leaders listening to this podcast, let's learn from Brian here and think through our business. How many people are we touching? And how can we communicate that to our teams? Because we can... Very easily get caught up with the dollars and cents of what we do. Let's not forget the patients at the middle of this and learn from what Brian did. You know, a, a really cool way to communicate this to your team is the numbers. Show them the numbers of people that you're impacting. Brian, tell us a little bit about an exciting project or focus that you're working on today. Oh,
1: we just watched a, a new baby. We call our new product development babies. And <laughs> so we're just in the process of, of giving birth to a A brand new um, super high end ultrasound machine. It's called the Logic E10. Uh, We just launched it in the United States and and Europe over the past couple of weeks.
0: Congratulations. And this,
1: yeah, thanks. Thanks. You know, we're handing out cigars right now for the new birth. (laughs) This was a four year gestation period. It takes a, a long time. You know, this is hundreds of people in different places like Milwaukee, Tokyo, Phoenix, and, and even in Norway is something that uses kind of pivotal new technologies in this space. And it simply makes ultrasound look amazing, easy to use. And now it's designed to interface to more than what I call the Internet of Things. So it can leverage things like deep learning and artificial intelligence to continually make the machine better over time. So. For us, it's really going to be a game changer, and it's the birth of something that we think is going to further transform the world and, and really help save a lot of, of lives over the next decade.
0: That is super exciting. And again, congratulations to you and your entire team. For anybody that's curious, Brian, is there a link that you could share with us now or maybe later we can include in the show notes for them to check this amazing innovation out?
1: Oh, yeah. Just Google Logic E10. And uh, it'll It'll be there and it'll pop up. Here's the key. It's not logic. L-O-G-I-C. It's L-O-G-I-Q. Logic. Oh, I like that. that. Very tricky. Very tricky. So uh, don't make that mistake. (laughs) L-O-G-I-Q. I like
0: that though. That's really slick. L-O-G-I-Q. We're going to incorporate some of the machine learning, some of the artificial intelligence to make those predictions to help patients live even longer, more healthy lives. I think that's so exciting. So folks, check that out, plug it into your Google or just check out the show notes and we'll be able to have that link in there as well. Brian, this has been a lot of fun getting close to the end here. So typically I like to do a little lightning round syllabus but let's take it a different direction. Why don't you hit it off with the book that you recommend to the listeners? And then we could walk through some of the lightning round questions.
1: Sounds good. Uh, I'm going to name two books. How about that? I'll, I'll do one that I enjoy on a personal level and, and then another one on a business level. The On a personal level, I, I really enjoy reading about true life stories of events where leaders have taken people through just incredible Experiences and, and persevered through it. And one of the ones that meets the bill on that one is a book by about Ernest Shackleton, and mm-hmm. he is the first guy to take the ship Endurance to the South Pole in 1914. And the experience of how he had to lead his team through just incredible, amazing experiences. And every day, I think I'm having a hard day at work. I just have to think about what these people have gone through, right. and it kind of makes everything much easier. Allows me to move ahead with a smile on my face. So that's one kind of set of books that, that I really enjoy. The, the second one on the business level is a book that hasn't been written yet, and I hope it is someday. And okay. that's written by somebody that both you and I know. He's the CEO of Medtronic. His name is Omar Ishrak.
0: All right. And
1: all right. I had the. the privilege of working with Omar for about 12 years here at GE before he went over to Medtronic. And here's what the syllabus of his book would be. How about that? I'm going to (laughs) pre-read it it it. for them. I love it. it. Let's hear it. Chapter one, segment the market by application, by the problem they are solving, by geography, by price point, really understand and pick a customer niche. Now, chapter 2 takes that niche and says we're going to develop a wing to wing business aimed at delighting this niche with real solutions and this wing to wing business is going to include sales people applications people r and d people marketing people manufacturing estate. you're going to build a business whose purpose and mission is to delight those customers and then chapter 3 of the book goes into choosing a leader for this business who's passionate, purposeful, persistent, and inspirational, and someone who can instill really the mission and purpose of this endeavor into both his team as well as clinical leaders in every country and around the world that that operate in this space. Chapter four is... (laughs) I love it so far. Yeah, let's
0: let's keep it going. I want to hear it.
1: (laughs) All right. Chapter four is about how you take that team and connect them with the key opinion leaders in this space who view you not just as a peer in the industry, but a trusted friend who's got you on speed dial where you've got the connection with them where they're inviting you over to their house, the sleepovers, whatever it is, that you're that connected into the key opinion leaders around the world in this space. Chapter five is make sure that when you come out with things that you innovate in smaller chunks more frequently than anyone else in the market. So don't do five, 10-year moonshots. Do one and two-year or faster. incremental improvements to your product or offering because the impact and the confidence that does to your team and your industry is really amazing now chapter six is making sure that you understand that profitability is a sexy thing that you do every day and not an afterthought so developing long-term strategies like taking 10 percent of your cost of your product out every year or 15% improvement in quality of your product every year that happens year over year over year becomes a culture and a way of doing business. And ultimately, what people will find is that's the oxygen which grows your business. Finally, chapter seven is how to create an environment where the best of the best want to play, that they want to be part of this team. And sometimes the best of the best aren't the A players from the Ivy League school, but they're the people that have the passion and purpose in their soul that are willing to roll up their sleeves, work together in big teams, and really make a difference in the world and overcome tough situations. And if there was an appendix to this book, it would be about how to acquire companies and not ruin them. (laughs) <laughs> which is something I love that it. happens each <laughs> I and love every it. day in the industry. And it's really a special <laughs> art. So that's the syllabus for the book that's going to be written. And it's going to be my
0: new favorite when it comes out. Amazing. Brian, first of all, I just want to tell you that that was awesome. By far the best syllabus that we've put out to date. And a shout out to Mr. Omar Ishrak. If that book comes out, we're all ready to buy it. And so, Ryan, really appreciate the outline there. I don't think there's need for a lightning round because listeners, all you have to do is go back and follow this outline. This outline is is such an insightful outline that all of us could learn from. And when the book does come out, hey, maybe you guys will co-author it, Brian. Who knows? I think we all all want to know and we'd be happy to have you on when it does come out.
1: Awesome. I can't wait.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Brian, this has been so much fun. And what a great way to send us off with this outline of this book. Before we conclude, I would love if you could just share a closing thought with the listeners and then the best place where they could get in touch with you.
1: Very good. Yeah, you know, to me, working in healthcare is, is really a special privilege What I found is you get to work with really amazing, inspirational, purposeful people. And a lot of times, they are people all over the planet. We get to solve issues that affect the entire world. And we can truly make a difference in people's lives and moments that matter for them. But it's not an easy space. If it were, anybody could do it. But it takes someone that really has a lot of passion, purpose, perseverance, who continually want to learn and grow and develop in this world. You know, my guess is the kind of people that are listening today on this podcast actually are those type of people. So my hats are off to all of you. Keep going, get better. The world needs people like you to be successful and really make a difference. So I appreciate everybody's time today. If you want to get a hold of me, uh, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn. It's Brian McKeithran. I work at GE Healthcare in the ultrasound division. And it's been a privilege for me to join you guys today.
0: Brian, it's been a blast and we really all thank you for for taking the time out of your busy schedule to spend time with us, to share these nuggets and listeners to get all of the transcript links that we've shared, all the things that Brian shared with us today. Just go to outcomesrocket.health slash Brian MC and you'll be able to find all that there. So Brian, again, we thank you and, and salute you, my friend. Very good. Hey, thanks so much, Saul. Have a great day. Thanks for tuning in to the Outcomes Rocket podcast. If you want the show notes, inspiration, transcripts, and everything that we talked about on this episode, just go to outcomesrocket.health. And again, don't forget to check out the amazing Healthcare Thinkathon, where you can get together to form the blueprint for the future of healthcare. You can find more information on that and how to get involved in our theme, which is implementation is innovation just go to outcomesrocket.health/conference that's outcomesrocket.health/conference be one of the 200 that will participate looking forward to seeing you there